0: total package of like sugar and Super Brawl. Super Saturday. What is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? You don't lose faith in winners and Ric Flair day in and day out. Every day of his life just keeps winning and winning and winning. Rick Flair! <laughs> New York City Rick Flair! You're gonna find out what hard is Powerful. I do exactly what I want to do. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much. Make
1: Make it. Make it. I do. it. I hate that. Hit the
0: door. Den- Today, woo, I've got to stop and profile like never before. You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the game, JR. Introduce myself, my name is Humpty, pronounced with the umpty, yo ladies, oh how I like to funk thee, and all the rappers in the top ten, please allow me to bump thee, I'm stepping tall y'all, and just like Humpty Dumpty, you're gonna fall when the stereos pump me, I like to rhyme, I like my beats funky, I'm spunky, I like my oatmeal lumpy, I'm sick with this, straight gangster Mac, but sometimes I get ridiculous, I'll eat up all your crackers and your licorice, oh yo fat girl, come here, are you ticklish, yeah? it never stopped me from getting busy I'm a freak I like the girls with the boom. I once got busy in a bathroom I'm crazy allow me to amaze thee. they say I'm ugly but the just don't phase me I'm still getting in the geek and I even got my own dance.
2: what's an edit and a half version I didn't know I downloaded uh what is going on everybody it is dirty dudes I am box man. thank you for joining us on this Friday evening right here a smart How you doing over there,
1: sir? I'm doing well. I, too, once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. How are you? Oh, doing just fine. Doing just fine, man.
2: Obviously, I played that because we have, uh, once again, lost another kind of legend in the hip-hop world in uh, Shock G, otherwise known as as Humpty. As Humpty Hump. That's right. Pronounced with an Humpty. That's right. And, uh... He'll drink up all the Hennessy you got on your shelf. So be careful out there. But, um, you know, this, believe it or not, this does tie into Wednesday's show because we played Prince and Prince really loved that song and actually did a song with Digital Underground called, uh, what was it called here? Love, uh, Love Sign. There you have it So you know We tied all that in Right there But uh I gotta tell you This time I was still Listening to hip hop This is what hip hop was It was still fun And um You know Like I said Shock G Real name Gregory Edward Jacobs Um You know He was only 57 Which Jesus man You hear 57 When you're my age And you're like Wow That's just not Fucking far away Uh, (laughs) It's just not that far away So, you know, it's But this is another guy that uh, He also, Smark Was uh, behind Tupac's
1: first album Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was a co-producer
2: Absolutely, so he saw something in Tupac um, And, uh, you know, did that with Prince But he was also kind of he also considered his music where george clinton and the parliament funk left off that he picked up mm-hmm. from there had a little funk to his music a little this a little that i uh, can't say i disagree with him man i always liked a lot of his music and like i said i was still listening to this kind of you know the the hip hop back then it still had some still had a little meaning to it <laughs> they didn't they didn't just rap about bitches and hoes so It was a little different back then, but uh, definitely if uh, if you grew up in the 90s, this was a song you heard that I just played. And um, Digital Underground was a big a big part of the 90s.
1: Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah, that Sex Packet album was really good shit. I really enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. I was always more of a fan of the West Coast stuff because it was, like you said, a little bit more funk centric. I always liked the instrumentals to those a little bit more than like some of the East Coast stuff.
2: Yeah, and I I I, I like the the kind of funky beat that he uh, that he had, and you know, I I always liked George Clinton too because his his music was always great and fun, and you know, it was just so creative. And uh, obviously, he's from the uh, House Party movies, which I love too but <laughs> yeah. but uh well, i mean that was
1: a lot of like what the samples were back then were like Parliament Funkadelic and James Brown and things like that
2: right exactly exactly so uh but uh man it's just uh it's getting tough getting old when the people that you grew up with are just starting to kind of kind of go away and not in a way i like I don't mind if you just, you know, you, you fade out, you don't do much, but uh passing away always kind of hits hard, especially uh, especially someone like I said, you know, th- this is the kind of, you know, grew up with and you know, as a kid and just uh once again your mortality just kind of just kind of sits right there front and center, you know what I mean?
1: Mhm, for sure, for sure, yeah.
2: Mhm. So, but uh I don't know, I don't have much more to say on that, um definitely obviously you know condolences to his family, rest in peace, and um
1: all right, I guess we uh I guess we move on from there. I hate to kind of can we double dip on the sadness? I don't know if we're going to talk about this or not, but uh do you hear about Mongo?
2: you know what we can you know what, let's go ahead and knock that out of the way. you're right, you're right, we probably should um. To stay on a sad note, and then we'll move on. Mongo um, yeah. McMichaels, who, I mean, a lot of us, you know, obviously know him from WCW. Those were and football, depending on what kind of fan you are. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he has been diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Um. I've never known anyone with Lou Gehrig's disease. Honestly, it's a very, very rare disease, Mark. Uh, Around 20,000 people per year uh, are diagnosed with this. But if you look at the, you know, just right now the videos of him and everything, and basically he's... He he told everyone today that, or the day before, he can't he can't even sign his name, do anything. ALS is a nervous system uh, disease. It weakens muscles, and basically, what it does is your whole system breaks down. Your nervous system breaks down. You'll shake. You'll a little bit like Parkinson's, but the difference is you're gonna lose the ability to talk, the ability to eat, the ability to dress yourself. The issue is it's still you inside there. Just, right? just, you know, you, it's not a brain disorder. It's not a brain disease. So it's still you in there. You just can't, eventually you're going to get to the point where you can't just, you can't talk. You can't dress yourself. You can't, you can't do anything, but you're just sitting there in your own hell. Uh, now, I. Yeah, d- exactly. Yeah, I do know this disease takes about one, two years to completely run its course, and there's nothing you can do. There's absolutely nothing you can do. I feel absolutely horrible for the family that has to watch people go through this disease. Um, just. Literally, there's not a damn – you are helpless watching your loved one go through this disease and watch it run its course. And I I can't even imagine what his family
1: feels like right now, man.
2: Can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's got to be devastating. Like you said, you know what's going on, but there's not really much of anything that you can do about it. You just sort of let time take its course on that. Um I, you know, I will say, obviously, I grew up, you know, watching him wrestle to some de- to some degree, and then obviously, of course, being a native of Chicago, he is. He was a former member of the '85 Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all of them are mythological figures at this point. Especially the longer we go without winning a championship, and the farther away that seems, you start to cherish those members of the team even more. So, and then you know, like, obviously, was he the best wrestler? Yes, he was because he was a member. The 85 Bears, as I told <laughs> you, and they're God's us. So, but I mean, you know, we, he was always kind of fun. He was always an interesting character. You know, they had that whole, they had the whole Twitter account dedicated to some of his more interesting moments in WCW. That that's our Mongo account. Go ahead yeah. and check that out if you haven't already seen it. And he, he he was actually pretty solid on commentary. I will say. I mean, not you know the greatest, but. Alongside other people, with like you know Bobby Heenan and Tony Schiavone, right. you know was, he always had a good contribution. I thought absolutely,
2: and I mean let's face it to be to be sitting there with 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 Bobby Heenan trying to trying to get anything in is probably just not even you know worth it. But uh, he always did. You know I I, I did enjoy him in WCW, um, and that '85 Bears team, man, y'all don't understand the super bowl shuffle the the popularity of that team at that time was undeniable absolutely undeniable man it was just amazing at that time to just you know get that whole thing going but man this is just a really tough one right here um and like i said you see the mm-hmm. pictures of them now and
1: uh that's not the guy we're used to seeing and uh this is no, he's always a very vibrant like larger than life personality.
2: Right. And uh at this point now he can't even feed himself. Um and oh Jesus. And uh oh there you go. Like I said it's a uh it's a nervous system disease, but it doesn't affect your brain so you're literally watching everyone, and you're living through your own hell. And I, I, I wouldn't wish to. I wouldn't wish ALS on my worst enemy. Absolutely not, man. This is just horrible to hear about. And um, we'll see. I mean, we'll just see. Well, I mean, obviously, we'll get updates from the dirt sheets now that it's out. But uh, awful, awful for his family. I can't even imagine what they feel at this
1: point that's right yeah Yeah, i can definitely only imagine so one last thing but it's actually somewhat of a good thing it's sort of good news is uh i don't know if you saw this too but terry funk ended up he's been diagnosed with covid but he's doing fine okay that is the report is that he's perfectly fine perfectly well nothing to worry about so far so that is good good news now how old is terry now 70-something. I want to say 76, but I'm going to go ahead and look just to make sure.
2: All right. All right. I mean, look, my dad is 70, got COVID. Uh, They flushed him with the antibodies, and my dad felt like Superman for a couple of days. um, (laughs) 76. 76. Wow. So I'm sure they're being very aggressive in treating it. Uh, And it's Terry Funk. Come on, man. Goddamn living legend. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so that's
1: what I picture just more than anything is just him being upset that he's not allowed to go outside and do moonsaults off the roof <laughs> oh poor funk
2: but um, I'm sure they're being very aggressive in treating it especially in an uh, elderly with I don't know what underlying conditions he has but I'm sure he's got a few there but uh, obviously speedy recovery to him and uh, good good, glad he's doing fine but uh I guess it was good to knock all the all the bad stuff out of here, and um, I guess from here mm-hmm. we go to the plugs
1: uh... <laughs> we could do that later either way, yeah, let's really
2: just assume at the end, let's assume at the end. I don't even feel right knocking into the plugs at this point, but um, yeah, it's uh you know a couple of really just bad stories right there, but we do have plenty more to talk about tonight that is actually better news. On that front, um, we've got ratings, we've got uh, Mickey James, we've got all kinds of shit to get into. Um, oh, poor Mickey James. But uh, we've got plenty of stuff to get into. And um, I guess we can go ahead and start. Uh, you want to just knock out SmackDown, Smart?
1: Yeah, let's get into it. Like you said, there's uh, we were talking about it before, not a whole lot that went on.
2: No, really, SmackDown basically spent a lot of time on one storyline. The Jey Uso, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro storyline. That was the
1: mm-hmm. the
2: crux of SmackDown, if you will. Um, That's
0: right.
2: Once again, I think Pat McAfee is doing very, very good. I'll start with that for SmackDown. I really think he's doing very well. Uh, He fits the role. He looks like he's very excited to be doing this and sounds very excited to be doing what he's doing, which I usually don't listen to the commentary, but he's making me kind of want to listen to see what he says.
1: Uh, he sticks out because he feels like he's like actually alive. He feels like he's an actual person right. that is reacting to things and being excited about them and not just reiterating the same sort of talking points over here everybody else say which is a good thing for us but like I don't know like I would just say appreciate him while we have him cuz mm. I don't know how much he's going to tolerate like Vince yelling at, at him for just not plugging this or plugging that
2: well, that's Cole's job. I got a feeling they're leaving out all the to Cole to, to kind of be the front man for all that stuff and notice Cole is doing all that. And then you got McAfee kind of just being the play-by-play color guy. Mm-hmm. So, and plus,
1: honestly, what it makes me miss more than anything is just the two-man announced team. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a f- true fucking rarity, regardless of what company you're talking about these days. It's...
2: It really makes you think why they have three on Raw. Because you hear the two-man announced team and you're like, wow, it really just gels, it goes, it fits. And then you're on Raw and you're like, do you really need Byron Saxton? Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> even,
1: and like I like all three of them, but even you know, AEW has a three-man announced team. This is just the three man announce team has just been more and more in fashion as we go along these days. Right. And it's like, I don't, I I feel like it's just hard to build a dynamic when you have three people. Like, I I look back at Lucha Underground, that was one of my favorite commentary teams most recently. And it was just, it was Vampiro and it was Matt Stryker. And they were just, it seemed like they were talking to each other, just having a fun conversation more so than, you know, necessarily just doing commentary.
2: Oh, I mean, shit, you got fucking, you know, Joey Styles, who did it goddamn by himself, and I mean, look what he did by mm-hmm. himself. You know, right? He didn't
1: even later on, when he started having like Joe here or whatever, that was that was still pretty good too. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Oh shit! That was my pipe. Sorry, I dropped my pipe. Drop my pipe. Um. Anyway, we. I gotta say, Smark. It's it's Friday. It's SmackDown. We're starting out the show with Seth and Cesaro, not Roman, not Daniel Bryan. Weird. It's weird. I mean, we get Daniel Bryan eventually, but to start the show with Cesaro and Seth was a little bit weird. It's just been, lately it's just been either Roman's coming out there first or Daniel Bryan or Edge. It's really been those (laughs) three that have been coming out there, so... To see someone else starting the show, it's kind of like, whoa, what's going on here?
1: Right, yeah, it was a bit of a change of pace, and I, I enjoy that, because we sort of, it's not even that it's a bad thing, but, you know, we've been talking about it ad nauseum, how it's sort of the usual tradition of, it starts five minutes into the hour, and it's always a Roman problem.
2: Right, exactly. And that's the way, kind of the formula has been. I'm, I was glad to see him switch it up a little bit this week. Um, you know, we get Cesaro in the ring, Seth comes out, he's congratulating Cesaro, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you finally reach your potential because you were in the ring with me. And then Jay comes out in full Scrappy-D mode, Smart.
1: Mm-hmm. I was disappointed because as he came out, I decided I was going to make a game out of counting how many times he said ooze during like, his promo. And he got to zero. We did wow. not get a single ooze, and I was just—I was very disappointed.
2: Well, Daniel Bryan or Cesaro, they're not as fucking ooze. He ain't going to say that shit. Mm. Um, this it's true. But it, it was funny. The uh, You know, I've, I've been... I don't know how many times I've called Jay Uso Scrappy-Doo, and then I sent you that meme of someone saying, hey, look, that's exactly what I think of is Scrappy-Doo when I think of Roman and Jay." I was like, good, it's not mm-hmm. just me. I knew it wasn't just me. But... uh he he went full scrappy do here. And Daniel Bryan, he's down there. He's in the ring with Cesaro, kinda evening up the odds after this point. Um and Daniel Bryan, I'm liking the uh wow, what do I say here? The the antagonist, Daniel Bryan. Right. The I'm gonna call you out until you do what you want, Daniel Bryan. I like it. I like it.
1: Mm-hmm. Bit of an instigator.
2: There you go. Little bit of an instigator. Um I thought it was pretty cool seeing that. Of course we get Roman he goats Roman down to the ring. Ryan uh Roman of course is sitting there just calling both of them losers. He calls Daniel Bryan a stupid loser. Uh losers. Stupid loser. I've had a few shots, I ain't gonna lie. Uh <laughs> but um good little segment here. Man, this I, I I gotta tell you, Smart, they... This... This segment and this match coming up was... pretty much 45 minutes. Of...
1: Yes, it was a very lengthy... I wouldn't even call it a segment. It was just a a through line for the show. Yeah.
2: Yeah, this was 45 minutes basically spent on one storyline. And then we got even more at the end of the fucking show. I would say a good... Mm -hmm. I would say over an hour was spent on this storyline. The other stuff was just filler wrapped around this storyline of, you know, the, the Daniel Bryan and, you know, uh, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, Cesaro, and Jey Uso. Just every, th- the rest of the show was just kind of like filled in like like a Tetris game around this storyline. Um, and we do get the match, of course, Daniel Bryan and Cesaro versus Seth Rollins and Jay Uso, because Rollins did come down at one point. Um, it was a really, really fun match. Lots of good spots, but just a long fucking match. Two commercial breaks this match went. Um, <clears throat> but, of course, you got Cesaro being the workhorse in this match. It looks like Daniel Bryan now is down there to put over. And get Cesaro ready for his push. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but that's what it's looking like.
1: Yeah. Good. Yeah, I think so. You know, you all like you were talking about. He went into during that promo. He was talking about how nobody works harder than Cesaro, and how he just never got the opportunity. It made me laugh because he was talking about how Roman got all of his connections through his family, and he's like, and Cesaro, and I thought he was going to say has no family. I was like, Are you <laughs> think of an orphan? <laughs> like he grew up to be some kind of a wrestling bad man.
2: And then there's Cesaro, and he's got no one in his life. At all.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No, thanks, Daniel Bryan. I appreciate you being like that. Um listen, it was what it was. It was passionate. Like I said, he's trying to get uh get Cesaro over as much as he can. Um, but what I did like is kind of again, Daniel Bryan the being the antagonist as, you know, hey, you know what? Swing him again. And he swings Jay Uso. And he, swing him one more time. And just, he's swinging Jey Uso and until Roman comes down. I thought it was pretty good shit. Just to, I mean, he was calling him out like it was a goddamn war. It, it was the Warriors movie. Roman, <laughs> come out and play. Yeah. I would have loved that. Got that would that, that him, you're saying. That would have made my fucking night right there, dude.
1: Oh, yeah. Man, there the, the, the needs to be, or there needed to be more. It would, would worked way better in the '90s, but you could still do it. Like a Fucking baseball furies, oh, like stable tag team something. Dude, I would love that. I don't you know if any not, you, nah, could, you
2: know. I don't know if anybody would get the reference right now, but I would, I would, I would love that.
1: I would get the reference you, very you quickly. Not, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Uh, it, Did, I didn't. Was there, like, a little bit of an homage to that during Stadium Stampede, or am I wrong? I feel like there was one or two just sort of subtle references, but I, I could be making things up, too. I don't remember,
2: but that doesn't mean anything either.
1: That's true. <laughs> There's been a lot of time and alcohol between then, so it, I understand.
2: Time, alcohol, weed. Yeah, just, just a lot of things mixed in, which uh, I don't remember that, but... Uh... We may have pointed it out during the, during the review. Um, I think, and, and, and just to, I I didn't catch everything on SmackDown. I'm going to just give you the, a few things that I caught. It was busy. I was drinking. I didn't give a shit. Please,
1: please tell me you did not miss the tour de force. That was the uh, Nia Jax Tamina
2: match. Oh, we'll get into that in just a minute. Um,
1: <laughs> appointment viewing, if ever there was one.
2: Let's real quick and real quick before we get into that, the uh, we get Apollo and Commander Aziz, uh, formerly mm-hmm. Dabakato. They're backstage. They're pissed at Adam Pierce. Everyone pushes Adam Pierce around, um, for making him defend uh, his title, his U.S. title. He l- has a match later with Kevin Owens. We'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, we do have Nia come out with Shayna. We get Reginald back. Mm, mm-hmm. Tamina's out with Natty. Now, Smart, really. Am I supposed to give any fucks about this feud at all, really? Am I supposed to?
1: I mean, I guess. I, I think that's the mission, but like you're, that's what they're going for, but that's uh, that's not where they're getting. Okay, That's if, not the, the end result. No, I mean, okay.
2: Sasha Baron Corbin says, no, I'm not supposed to give a shit. Well, good, because I don't, number one. And, I mean, really, what is this? What is going on here? Is Nia, like, raping Reginald, and he's just, like, totally stockholmed or something at this point? I mean, Nia loses the match. No one gives a shit. I, 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 seriously dude and I even messaged you at this point I'm like man maybe we should start like talking UFC instead of this shit because <laughs> it's just tiring and stupid and non fucking there's no fucking sense being made of this storyline Naya just wants to do Reggie but Reginald falls and that causes uh, it, uh,
1: I mean, that's what they like. They like these angles. They like this sort of odd couple pairings. You know, we had that with Mm. Otis and Mandy a while ago. Yeah. You know, even back in the 90s, you had the fucking Eddie Guerrero China thing, which was a lot better. Mm. Miles, miles better. But you also had, like, Mark Henry was going after her for a while. Kane, Tory thing. just Just a whole bunch of just they love their unconventional relationships. I know
2: they do But this one just doesn't matter It doesn't care I don't th- It's not really a relationship You haven't shown anything You've shown that basically Naya is his sugar mama And that's all mm-hmm. I, I, I don't care I won't care And you know what You can't fucking make me care
1: <laughs> it's, it's sound like you're about to like go on like a Dr. Seuss esque scream about this. I will, not, I will not, could not. I won't, I don't.
2: I won't, I don't, I, I will not. I will not. I just don't give a shit about this whole fucking thing. I don't. I, I'm hitting delete and we're gonna move on. How's that sound right there? Um, Now, for something I can get into, it looks like they're getting a little bit into this Big E, Kevin Owens thing. Now, I know Kevin Owens has that match with uh, Apollo coming up soon. But Big E, Kevin Owens is something I can sink my teeth into, man. Those guys right there, if that's going to be the next feud for Big E, I am 100% down for that those guys will have a great two good talkers, two good wrestlers. Yes. Sorry Smart. go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I was gonna say I'm going to say I'm definitely I'm with that too and I like the idea that they're not just having them both be friends because they're both good guys. It's like, well hey, you're going after what I had and what I want back. So it's like, fuck that. You're competing for the same opportunities that I'm trying to get. So I'm not just going to sit there and smile in your face. I'm going to try to fucking take it. I'm not happy that you're getting these opportunities before I am. This is like, this is my belt and I want it back. I like it. I like it's, it's, you know, the competitors are competing against each other. It's not the mutual admiration society.
2: Right. And it's almost like the title means something. I know it's WWE. Guess. The title don't mean shit, but it's almost like they're trying to make the title mean something. Mm-hmm. Ain't, ain't it amazing how that, how that fucking works. But like I said, you got two guys here. Both can talk. Both are great in the ring. They both have that same kind of intensity when it comes down to getting in the ring and doing what they do. Ooh, biggie. Kevin Owens is something I can sink my teeth right into, man. I'm hoping that goes a lot further, a lot further. So, um, a little bit after that, we get, uh, Daniel Bryan back there. Now, With Adam Pierce now, even Daniel Bryan pushes Adam Pierce around. Good guy, Daniel Bryan even threatens Adam Pierce. Smart.
1: He's he's the neglected stepfather of management. The poor guy just can't get any respect. He's the perennial substitute teacher.
2: Oh, and oh, do we have some management stories to get into tonight?
1: Um, yeah,
2: yeah, but I I just found it funny. You get even uh, Even Daniel Bryan back there pushing around uh, Adam Pearce. But I got to tell you, uh, we do get the match that we've been talking about here, the Kevin Owens versus Apollo. Apollo comes down with Commander Aziz, Mark. And I got to tell <laughs> you, I. the match itself, I didn't really give a shit about. I really didn't. I knew... Eventually, we were going to either get involved or cause a DQ. The best part of this match was after the match when Sammy was dancing around Kevin Owens after he lost. That was the most epic <coughs> part of the match right there, which wasn't even the match. Oh, airplane. Okay, there we go.
1: Oh, right. Carefully. And, and I, what I really enjoyed about it was that they just purposely left the camera on him for like a really unnaturally long time. Yes. Because <laughs> it was like, all right, this segment should have ended about a minute or two ago. But fuck it, it is so damn entertaining. We're just going to run with it.
2: Oh, Sammy dancing is very entertaining. I think we need more of it. Um, but yeah, that was the best part of the match that wasn't part of the match. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. That makes sense. That makes sense. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> and I enjoyed I enjoyed the uh, pet. Speaking of instigating things, I enjoyed pet and commentary. <laughs> the whole, you know, while we were on, while we were at break before you got over to the commentary table, Michael Cole asked me, so I'm going to ask you, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I enjoy how you just throw him under the bus.
0: Just sitting here dancing.
1: Uh, <laughs> um,
2: all right. Now, Smark. After all mm-hmm. that, after all that, um Alistair Black. Yes. We're trying this again, huh?
1: <laughs> we are trying this again. Um, I,
2: I really have nothing. We're trying this again. Um,
1: I mean, to be fair, I think last time he was on Raw. So, I mean, it is... I know know it sounds weird to say, but it really is sort of a different atmosphere creatively, a different creative structure. It seems like they actually try to tell coherent stories on SmackDown. We don't always get there, and you don't always care about them, as you previously established with the whole Nia Jax-Reggie thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But they at least try to tell stories, and this is at least somewhat of an attempt to give him a fresh start. I mean, he has talent. They just have terribly underutilized guy.
2: They definitely have. And, I mean, look, I was on Everything Unscripted a, a few weeks ago and he was one of the guys I... He was one of the guys that I said that they were doing nothing with, that they were ridiculous to be doing nothing with. Um, And, and it's... I, I... I get it, but you're literally recycling this guy again. And... I don't know, man. I I hope it works. You're right. It seems it's a, it's a new show. We'll find out what happens. But I like the guy. I think he's incredibly talented. They just don't seem to know how to use this guy, which is awful. Awful. Because he's a very talented individual. So we'll see what happens. This was their first little vignette bringing him back. He was reading the old Tales of the Dark Father, which... Isn't a real mm-hmm. book, from what I see. Um, but all right, we'll uh, we'll go from there. We'll go from there with Alice. I,
1: I was getting some kind of a little bit of vibes of like whoever, obviously whoever was responsible for those ZLE promos, ZLE promos were definitely behind those because they had the sort of the same sort of animated drawings and whatnot. Mm. That they had for the whole you know, Mei Ling thing And I, I I like those I like that part of it I was getting very much like Sean O'Hare vibes When he was with Roddy Piper Ooh. Funny enough that they bring him back With the whole devil's advocate thing
2: See I was getting Shannon Moore Dilly Gaff Vibes <laughs> When
1: they had him be a punk rocker
2: Well remember the, 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 the book of Dilly Gaff Do I look like I give a fuck That's what Dilly Gaff means
1: um i honestly don't remember so that tells you how well that went over
2: that's good that's good you know you don't remember that don't remember that but that's the vibes i got and look we'll see what happens um i hope they can they can figure out something to do with him um two more little things then we're done with smackdown we got dominic and his dad yes that's what i call them versus uh
1: i don't know if this is something that i haven't caught on to and this has been happening all the time but i this is the first week i noticed it so forgive me if it's been a thing <sighs> fucking ray ray getting a piggyback ride on dominic coming out to the way it looked like he was no. like like they had been at a theme park and ray was tired and he yeah. just threw himself on dominic
2: it's it's been a thing and that's why I call them Dominic and his dad, because it's kind of just this little family thing coming down there, and it's so adorable and so cute. And you know what? If they only had Mickey Mouse ears on, they would be perfect, Mark.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice day at the park.
2: Oh, so they come out versus uh, Otis, Chad, Chad Gable. I got to tell you, I I'm, I like... All the guys in this match. Every single one of them I'm a fan of. I like them. I still say Otis needs to be either one or the other. Either good timing Otis or just heal. I'm going to kill you Otis. He's sort of in the middle right now. But at this point, me and the wife had had a few. And I really just started losing interest in this show. (laughs) I don't know why. This match... Took me so far out of this show. I just didn't give a shit. Do, I mean, I know Dominic and Ray won, or Dominic and his dad, but I, I, it, it, just something about this match just totally took me out of this show. I
1: don't it's know. It's interesting because I mean, it wasn't a bad match, especially compared to the whole Naya to thing. No, <laughs> but. <laughs> I don't know. I don't necessarily blame you. They they don't they don't do a great job with building up the tag division in, on either show. So I don't necessarily blame you for kind of tuning out because it's just kind of the same three teams having different matches with each other.
2: Mm.
1: I mean, I just came in She's here. And,
2: yeah, I came in here and started getting ready for this. I, I just mm-hmm. I'm just like whatever. I'll wait till the next match, which wasn't even going to be a match. I knew by the time coming up that we weren't going to get a match anyway. So. I mean, I mean, we get a few little segments of Bailey and all this shit. Whatever. Who gives a fuck? Um, Cesaro, though, and Daniel Bryan, they're down there. They're, they're awaiting Roman's decision if he'll accept Cesaro's challenge for the Universal Championship. And Roman comes down and decides to challenge Daniel Bryan next week instead. Basically says, I don't like you, little man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, really, that was kind of what it was. You're annoying. You're a troll, and I don't like you. Um, I, I do
1: very much. I, I very much appreciate high school bully Roman, which is what we got tonight. Very much. It was like, Cesaro's a loser, and if you're friends with Cesaro, then you're a loser too. You guys are all a whole bunch of losers. Speaking of, though, old Roman's got himself a new t shirt. Did you yep. see this t shirt? Did you see a actual close, like, <laughs> this fucking t-shirt is an all-timer like yep. i didn't i didn't really fully appreciate it while he was out there but i saw a, i saw a picture of it on twitter and my goodness I, I i don't care who you are no matter like what gender you are what sexuality what race you are there nobody this unifies everybody in the sense that nobody is going to wear this outside in public. It is a it is two men on top of each other, and then another man laying right next to them.
2: You don't think anybody how else can
1: you describe it?
2: You don't think no one anybody wear that? You don't, really you don't think so?
1: I think <laughs> as a no. gag maybe, but okay.
2: Like, well, you know we got. I don't know.
1: Leave me alone. Um, This was very much in line with like the fucking Pina shirt and the always pounding ass shirt of just like unintentionally highly homoerotic.
2: The always pounding ass shirt is a is a very rare get. So Mm -hmm. if you can get it, definitely. Um, I I did catch the shirt. It was it was interesting. Um, Roman basically makes this a loser leaves match. Basically, I mean, that's kind of what I got from it, right?
1: Well, not so much that both of them would leave or that, you know, the loser would leave Was that if Daniel Bryan didn't win he would be gone.
2: Right. Yeah. All right. You're right. I, I, I said it badly. He makes it a if Daniel Bryan loses, he leaves match.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There you go. So I don't know. Brian, Daniel Bryan accepted and um, we will see what happens next week. There you go. More time spent. Uh, Let's see if they spend more than 45 minutes. Let's see if they can break their record next week on how long they spend on this storyline. What do you think?
1: I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we got there. Like maybe an hour dedicated to it because I feel like it's going to be a pretty lengthy match. And then you're going to, if you have, you're, you're teasing his career potentially being over, you're probably going to show some highlights of his career. So it'll probably be a pretty lengthy endeavor.
2: Yeah, probably. So we will definitely find out next week. But um, all in all, that was SmackDown. Not the... Not a great show, not a bad show. I would say middle-of-the-road show for me.
1: That seems fair. I would say it all the same. All
2: right. There you go. Um, now, we got some news to get into. Again, this... Uh, not again, but this... May not be the longest show. We've got a ton of stuff to get into, but not everything is uh is a big time talker. So um let's see what happens here. But uh first thing I wanted to get into is a little bit of the ratings coming out of uh this week. Again, I don't wanna sit there and put these ratings on a pedestal because give NXT a little bit of time. They're on, they're the ones on a new night. I'd say give them a month, again, two more weeks, and we'll really start getting into maybe a little bit of meaning on the ratings. Right now, everyone's getting used to uh, uh, NXT being on a different night. NXT drew 841 viewers total. Um, NXT, or I'm sorry, AEW, once again, (laughs) though, going right back up to... You know, right? Uh, 1.2 million, oh, million viewers for AEW. I'm sorry, 1.1 million viewers for AEW. They brought in 1.2 million last week. They're back up again, though. Losing a little bit, but still going over a million viewers and keeping that average is very impressive. It, it's really killing NXT, which is very weird. Um, I mean NXT was supposed to be the this great show, blah blah blah. But I don't know, man. Being unopposed and still not breaking a million, I think, is pretty uh, pretty telling for this show.
1: Well, actually, believe it or not, their number is up from last week. It is. I believe it was eight hundred
2: two. Correct. It is up. It is up. Uh, eight hundred five was their number last week. Eight forty. 841 was this week, so but still, that's that's really not a lot when you think about it. 841 to 805. It's 40,000. That's um, Not a lot. When you think yeah, about you know, I mean, when, it is
1: what it is. Uh, I, I mean, you're, you're tiptoeing around that line. You're getting closer to the number. I think you want to be at that million mark i don't know if they'll get there or not but it does it, a step in the right direction at least i feel like and i mean like <laughs> the raw number went down and the smackdown number the smackdown number from friday was the week following you know the week after wrestlemania and like everybody but smackdown got a bump so, <laughs> so I mean, right. comparatively they're, they're they're doing better than their counterparts or their peers i guess
2: yeah and and you know the weird thing is you've got NXT with this amazing amazing women's division which they've had for a while now and you go over to AEW which has had a little bit of uh struggling in their women's division at times picking up now but their the the women's match which take with Tay Conti and uh Shida actually was one of their highest Ratings with 1.174 million. So it's, uh, and man, did they, I mean, and they grew the viewers in the 18 to 49 year olds. So it, it, it definitely is odd when you're sitting there with, you know, NXT's amazing women's division and this one, but Tay Conti and Sheeta seem to have definitely been the draw for the night. So interesting to see, because like I said, NXT has got the most amazing women's division right now and have for a while. So. just kind of odd. I don't know. What do you think? Think I lost smart there. Seems like let me. Go to Skype here and see what happens. Yep. Looks like I lost smart there for a second. He's on mute. But anyway, I uh, just up there. He is right there. Mm You there? All right. It sounds like Smart can't hear me right now. But uh, he'll get back into it. Um, I'm going to move on a little bit and just hope you guys can hear. I hope you guys can still hear me. Um, a couple of seconds. And go. We got everything working here. One more time. Yeah. Mixer is running. So uh, I don't know what happened there with Smark. But uh, hopefully he'll be back in just a second here. But anyway, we're going. We're still rolling. And uh, a couple of quick things I can get into, some stuff that we don't need to spend a lot of time on. Um, For TNA President Dixie Carter, because she had a little fire at her house. Um, She wasn't there when it happened, thank God. But it looks like there was a small fire. a little more than a small fire at her house. But uh, the fire department got there in plenty of time to catch it. And, um, you know, she think the fire department. And a neighbor had actually called it in. So, you know, good over there. And I'm glad she did. My God. From what she's saying, it could be much worse. Now, she, this was her Nashville home. She does also have a, f- a home here in Dallas, Texas, which I didn't know that. But uh, she did say uh, thanks to at Nashville fire and a good Samaritan that called them when she saw flames for saving our home tonight. Stations 28, 17, 13, 27 and 16 B shift. You guys rock eternally grateful. So her house luckily was saved in time, but did have a little uh, little fire over there in a Nashville house. Um, thank God, once again, nobody was home and, um, nobody was hurt, obviously, since one was home. Um, just kind of given my internet, I don't know, we do have some severe thunderstorm warnings that are for tonight. I don't know if that's affecting my internet at all. And if it is, I apologize for anyone. Um, there's give me a second to get this real quick. Let's see if we can hear Smart again. I hit answer. It's taking a second to answer, but uh, we will get to him in just a second here. Um, there you go, Smart.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, I think we're back.
2: All right, all right. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's my internet. Uh, again, man, I've got some severe thunderstorm warnings here, so I don't know if it's my internet or yours. But let's uh, let's see what we can get done here. Um touched on a little bit of little bit of stuff here that uh I touched on Dixie Carter and having a little fire at her Nashville house real quick while you were gone.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I heard, I heard that, yeah.
2: All right. Um yeah, like I said I'm glad no one was there. I'm glad no one was hurt and I'm glad that uh someone called in that fire, but uh Spark, we've got a um do you remember the show American Gladiators, did you ever watch the original American Gladiators?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, not only did I watch the show American Gladiators, I also played the video.
2: Ah, very nice. This was one of my favorite shows to sit and watch with my dad when I was a kid. Also might be the reason that I like fit women. Um... <laughs> seriously might be the reason it might it might um looks like they are looking to do a 30 for 30 on American Gladiators um that will definitely be one that I will be watching um again it was just I if I remember correctly actually this was on pretty not right after wrestling but pretty close to after wrestling and um but I do remember watching this show with my dad many, many times. And they brought it back for a little while with... Uh, actually, with Hogan and Layla Ali. Mm-hmm. And no one gave a fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, no one did give a fuck. That's kind of the funny thing. It's like it was almost a predecessor to, like, uh, like American Ninja Warriors. Like it, it wasn't right. you know, direct. Like One ended and then one began, but it was sort of the first of its kind, I think, in that regard of just, like, sort of bizarre athletic competitions.
2: Yeah, most definitely. It it, it, it kind of was, and it did lead to a long, you know, it, it I'm not going to say, it wasn't really, it was like a reality game show, but it was, it was sort of reality television back then. This was what we had for mm-hmm. reality television back then was this show. And, I mean, it was just, it was so popular. It was a great show. Um, I mean, and when they brought it back, Matt Morgan was one of the guys on there. With, you know, Mm -hmm. Hogan brought him in. So, but no one really cared. It didn't do well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's one of those things. I mean, it's kind of a losing proposition, I feel like. Because, and they've done this, they've done this uh, the countless number of, like, 80s, early 90s game shows. Right. Like, they brought back the match game, Password, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, it's a thing where I don't know who the audience is for this. Because you get the people that are, that grew up watching the show, like, you know, like you were saying, and primarily they're mad that it's not the same thing. Like, it's a different host and it's, you know, it's different vibes. And then the younger people, they have no affinity for it. So it's like, they're not going to be watching this thing. It's like, oh, it was popular in the 80s. Who cares? I don't care. I'm a young person.
2: Yeah. It just didn't have the, I mean, it. it it had the the demographic, but it just didn't generate what it generated back then. I think if you brought back a show like that now, it might be able to survive. I just think there was so much reality TV and so much shit going on back then. And, I mean, Hogan and, I mean, look, Layla Ali is fucking amazing, athletic, talented, beautiful. But I'm not blaming it on her at all, not at all, but her and Hogan being the hosts, I think, might have just been kind of a no-one-cares thing.
1: Mm -hmm. And not only that, but I mean, like people are inundated with fucking game shows at the moment or like even, you know, even back then, especially now.
2: Yeah. And you don't even really know what to think of it. Is it a game show? Is it a reality show? Is a reality game show? It's tough. But the fact that they're doing a 30 and 30 for 30 on the original show,
1: um, like I said, I was a
2: huge fan of that show. I, I
1: know it looks it, like, came... it looked like it would be a lot of fun the oh, fucking yeah. the like I I forget what it's called but like the jousting competition where you're like up in the air on those it, platforms It was called
2: Joust. Um mm-hmm. great video game by the way. One of my favorites. Joust, the original. The
1: fun, and the fucking the roll, like the rollerball thing that you get into like the human hamster wheel. There was Um-hmm. actually an episode of The Simpsons where uh, Milhouse's mom was dating, I think it was Thunder, <laughs> and they show him, like, taking Milhouse to school in the fucking the little, like, human hamster wheel ball thing.
2: Ah. And, 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 you know, it was like, this show was like, you know, with, again, you just said Thunder was one of the guy's names, and they had all these, you know. Nitro. Nitro and all these guys' names. So it was almost a wrestling vibe with a little reality mixed in. It, it just fit back in the 80s and even the early 90s. But I, again, I remember, I, I think this came on either right before or right after wrestling. But I remember sitting there. I remember Saturdays pretty much we just sat around me, my dad, watch TV. And this show was on, wrestling was on. A, a lot of shows were on at this point, and we just sat, you know. And at nighttime, I believe Dukes Hazard was on, and all these shows. And but I, I do remember just sitting there watching this show with my dad, and they, I, you know, it was just a great fucking show. And you know, being young, I didn't really get the whole thing that it was kind of. It was almost reality wrestling with like a an action movie shoved in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's what it was. So I'm glad to see ESPN putting out a thirty for thirty on and I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. May uh maybe they'll try it again. You never know.
1: Kinda make me a little bit nostalgic for a bygone era because I was thinking about it and it's like we don't really have this sort of, like, appointment viewing now of, like, you know, you are saying, like, Saturday afternoon, Saturday nights, or, like, Friday nights, TGIF, mm. that kind of thing, where it's like, all right, it is this day. We're all going to gather around the TV, and we're going to watch these shows. Like, that that was always kind of fun back in the day.
2: Yeah, it was. Having a time where, you know, it was either you saw it, you, v you know, you recorded it on VHS, or you missed oh. it. There was no oh, I'll watch it on this or that streaming. There was no fucking streaming services. There was no fucking we didn't have internet back then. Mm-hmm. So having
1: to fucking time out your bathroom breaks appropriately.
2: No, yeah, exactly. You either did that or you, again, you, you know, your VA, your VA just recorded it, which you had to watch it to record it.
1: Mm-hmm. And then occasionally it would mess up for one reason or another. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, God forbid, you know, something happened or you know, you never yeah, oh, man. Just 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 crazy, crazy shit going on. But I did love this show. I'm glad they're doing a thirty for thirty on it. I'll definitely be watching it. Eh, yeah. what the hell, we'll talk about it. Um But uh all right. Smart, you know what, you uh you sent me a couple. Go ahead and uh Let's go lottery. Pick Let's one go of yours. Lottery. Let's go lottery. I'm stalling time because I know you never have them pulled up right away.
0: Uh. <laughs> and I actually do this time. So All right.
1: How about it? That was more of the only real delay in that was just me trying to decide which one i wanted to go to first. But since we were talking about SmackDown, we'll go ahead and uh, potentially offer up maybe a teaser as to what might happen next week.
0: Uh, this okay. is from
1: Fightful. And it says Daniel Bryan wants to keep wrestling and wants to wrestle everywhere. Brian has openly discussed his desire to wind down his career as a full-time wrestler as his current contract with WWE expires during a meet and greet session ahead of WrestleMania 30. Brian once again confirmed his contract is up soon and he's figuring out how to balance wrestling with being a father and husband. Ain't no doubt about it. He's a family man. Mm -hmm. Quote, my contract is up soon. We need to figure out what's good balance between home life and wrestling. I never want to stop wrestling. I love it. It's just figuring that out. He said, When asked if he could wrestle elsewhere, Bryan said, quote, it'd be interesting if I could wrestle in different companies and WWE. That's something I'm trying to weasel my way into right now. Mm -hmm. Bryan had said in the past that he'd like to wrestle guys like MJF, not MGF, I don't know who that is, MJF, Jungle Boy, Jonathan Gresham, and others who are not currently under a WWE contract. So that's interesting, I suppose. He also talked about, uh, this is a different article, how he kind of felt sort of disassociated while he was wrestling the mm-hmm. main event where he just like, he would stare, but he just didn't really feel like he was into it and how that might be a sign that he might want to consider uh, hanging things up. So maybe that's also a thing, but it seems more and more like I-, I wouldn't put money on it that he's going to go elsewhere. It seems like he's, he knows where his bread is buttered. and He has a lot of opportunities with them, but you never know.
2: no, 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 no. You you never know. And it brings a little bit more light to the storyline coming through with him and Roman Reigns. Um, Doing other promotions and wrestling for WWE isn't exactly their wish. Really trying to tread lightly here. Um, It's not what they want anyone to do. They want you there with them or nothing. So that's pretty much it. But like I said, it puts the storyline with him and Roman into a little more of, of a light because if he wants to wrestle the places, maybe WWE already told him that, listen, you can, you can do that, but you can't be here if you do.
1: Right. So. Yeah. And and I don't even really so much blame them right now because like we were talking about before with uh, AEW and like some of their people going to other independent shows and wrestling there and then like (laughs) there being outbreaks where it's Mm -hmm. like if you let somebody else go somewhere else and wrestle right now you're risking them coming back and potentially being infected and then potentially infecting, you know, other members of the locker room. It's not necessarily like they don't go other places and do other things, right? you know, in their downtime that potentially could expose them to that anyway. But, I mean, you're sort of trying to mitigate the risk, I guess, in in some regard. But that's the interesting thing is, like, he he would have an opportunity right now to wrestle pretty much anywhere else because, like, you know, there's so many companies right now that have kind of an open door policy or their working relationship with other companies where it's like you could wrestle in AEW, you could wrestle in New Japan, you could wrestle in Impact if you wanted to. I don't know why anyone would, but there you go. But you just can't you can't do that and also still wrestle for WWE so it's kind of a matter of Do you want to wrestle for one company where you have, you know, they're paying you this money, giving you these opportunities as like an executive and, you know, your wife has a reality show with them and all of that? Or do you want to be able to wrestle for various companies, but you have to make that jump?
2: Right. And I think it's great that Daniel Bryan wants to kind of be that that journeyman wrestler that'll go out and, you know, go to this promotion, and that promotion and put on these amazing matches, these these five star matches, if Dave Meltzer will give him, will will grace him that. Um, I think it's great, I really do, but it's also a different time, a different business, mm-hmm. and to do that and still be in WWE, I feel is kind of never going to happen. <laughs> Just to be honest, it's never going to happen.
1: Probably not I mean it's an interesting thing it's a fun thing to kind of think about and potentially imagine but you really have a potential to open up Pandora's box with that because it's like all right well why does he get to do it but I don't get to do it right so, like you just you're you're asking for trouble
2: right you are you and you you said it perfect. it's it's Pandora's box it's yeah yeah it is and I mean it's basically what happened when I mean think about cm punk and uh Brock Lesnar, when, you know, Brock Lesnar would come out there with a Jimmy John's shirt on and, you know, CM Punk was offered a advertisement and they wouldn't let him do it. Right. You know, it, it, it I'm just, I know that's not the same thing, but I'm just kind of trying to bring a little bit of, you know,
1: a little bit of contrast to it, so. Um, Well, I think I think when he won the belt, when mm -hmm. he did that whole like contract expiring money in the bank, he won the belt. I think his plan, what he was wanting to happen was to go to, you know, like little independent promotions and defend it there just be there. And they obviously nothing came of that. Right. And that was
2: his idea. And they were like, no, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Just please, just just put your little signature here, and we'll uh, we'll just do what we usually do. We'll you know we'll we'll do the status quo. So that's mm-hmm. what that, that's kind of what they did. But um, I don't know. I I think if Daniel Bryan does get out and becomes that journeyman wrestler, I think it's going to be something that we haven't seen in a while. Um, he could. Uh, he could potentially start something back up that, uh, like I said, we haven't seen in a long time. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens. Or if he just stays in WWE and we go back to status quo. Um, Now, Smart. Yes. I need to take a quick break. My vape batteries just died. I got more sitting in the other room. I just got to go grab them. And I'm going to go ahead and pee. So... If you guys do not mind over here in the old chat room listening live, we're going to take a very, very quick break. And uh, I'm going to get a couple of things. Let me look for something to play real quick while we're taking a break. I'll go ahead and just start this, and we'll go from there. Um, Be back in just, like, literally a couple of minutes. Like, lucky downloaders won't even know we took a break. But um, be back in just a few minutes here. See And all right, folks, sorry about that. Had a little issue there. Listen, I know it's a little douchey to do the vaping, but I smoked for 20 years. It's either this or I'm gonna smoke a cigarette. I don't want to smoke a cigarette. They taste like shit to me now. So anyway, back to what we were doing, this whole little thing here. And we really don't have that much more to get into. Um we got a few the the Mickey james thing obviously is uh a very convoluted tale that um indeed over a garbage bag which which is very strange but um real quick, I'll get into this whole thing real quick with uh with charlotte um Once again, Smark, it seems that Dave Meltzer has shoved his foot in his mouth. Uh, He was talking about Charlotte and how she, again, now is taking time off, being suspended. And you know what? Let me me pull it up on this other computer here, and I'm just going to play it for you guys. Give me one sec what he says, and then I'll kind of... Say what Charlotte said. Give me one second here, Mark. I'm pulling it up, my brother. Old
1: Mr. Meltzer has really sort of made a habit of uh, putting his foot in his mouth lately, as we discussed last you,
2: time. You, yeah. He's really just, I don't know what he's doing lately, but uh, I don't know if he's trying to get just kicked off or what. But, all right, I'm going to go ahead and play this real quick right now. It's muted, it looks like. It is... Let me do this. Let me do this. Unmute. Roll it back. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and play what Dave Meltzer said. And then we're going to go from there. Charlotte. Yeah. So she's... The suspension is is a cover reason because she's having uh, dental work done. So she's just having a complete makeover, you know. And, you know, that's just basically what's happened. So... It's one of those things, um, with, you know, they, they make you real subconscious about your looks when you're a woman in, in wrestling and it's just one of the, the negatives about it, but it's a reality of it. And so, um, but that's, that's why she's going to be out. That's why she was suspended. Charlotte. Yes. Yeah, so- All right. So we got that. Sorry for the replay there. Um, so Dave says he's having, that she's going to have some dental surgery, which seems like it might be true. That's fine. But he, how do I say that? He over communicates a little bit by saying, oh, WWE makes you feel self-conscious about your body and this and that. He probably should have just stopped at why she's out and left it there. But Charlotte got really offended by this, Mark.
1: Indeed, she did.
2: Um, Started off with saying, listen, so I get to respond again to a rumor about my body. You know what? This is when I stop. Dave, go to hell. She also at one point comes back with like, you know, Dave, listen, you've got my phone number. You can call me. You can, you know, Literally say, hey, is this true? Is this rumor in any window? Or is it actual truth? Um, man, I, like you said, Smart, Dave Meltzer has lately been just sort of inserting foot into mouth. Hmm. I, is he losing it? Is, 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 he, is, he, a, is, is he heading the, the Vince McMahon way? Is he, I, I don't know.
1: Help me here. I mean, it's the it's interesting thing is like, I don't disagree with what he said, but at the same time, it's like, it's sort of wild that like, you start off giving news and then you sort of just end up taking an entirely like detour into just your own soapbox opinions on things. Because, like, I mean, I'm here for the discussion that this is kind of what they do and this is kind of how they treat their women because a lot of women within their company have... What is very visible plastic surgery right like you they you can deny it if you want to or whatever, but like it happens and it ha you know and, and that's sort of a chicken and an egg thing would they have gotten it if they weren't in the company you know who knows, but at the same time like you're you're giving like i said you're giving news it, it's your goal to inform, and like you start off with information. That your sources told you, or that you believe to be true. I don't know if it is true or not. There seems to be some debate on that. Mm-hmm. But then you just completely veer off and start going into your own opinion on things, and it's like mm, that's, that's not always the best position to be in when you're a relied on source for information. No,
2: and 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 I mean, I'm not sitting here saying that you can deny that is what he said was wrong. WWE makes you, you know, WWE makes you feel self-conscious about your body. I think some women definitely. That that probably has happened. Um, y- you know, like you said, we've seen obvious plastic surgery from many women and augmentations, you know, definitely to their body. But I mean, why go into that? She's having dental surgery, that's why she's being out. Okay, done. There's no reason to dig into that and say that that's why Charlotte's doing it. Maybe she's just doing it to improve herself. Listen, I might joke about her looking different, having plastic surgery. I have no issues with it. I literally have no problems with it. If a woman thinks they need to do this or do that, I think most women naturally are beautiful. Charlotte actually was a very good... Listen, Natty, before the surgery, was gorgeous. Absolutely. Listen, you go back to... I mean, you can keep going back. Pamela Anderson, before all her surgeries, was a beautiful, beautiful next-door-type girl. Mm -hmm. She's still pretty. She's still beautiful. But it's not the same Pam Anderson that we first saw. But it's just... I, I think Meltzer just shut the. At some point, shut the fuck up. There was <laughs> no reason to thing. expand. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: Oh no! No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's the thing. Is <laughs> like you're supposed to be the pinnacle of like wrestling journalism or whatever. Like you're the number one source for news, and you're sort of the the top program when it comes to discussing what's going on in wrestling and it's like, you can't, like, have the same type of fucking just reckless slab dash opinions that I have. Like, I'm not being paid to do this. You are. This is your livelihood. What the fuck are you doing, man?
2: Exactly. And Weebs brings up that Mickey Rourke was gorgeous before the surgery. Uh, What? (laughs) Weebs, what the fuck are you talking about?
0: I
1: I mean... (laughs) It's an interesting take I I, I I don't know If you heard And god They played it A bunch of times Like on Fucking National television The Joan Rivers mm. Tape of her like complications during her operation or her surgery yeah. that ended up leading to her passing away. And it was, it was like one of the more horrific things I've ever heard. Cause you could just hear her just fucking gasping for air and just like breathing her last breaths. And it was, it was pretty intense. Yeah. So it's like, I, after hearing that shit, I wouldn't want to undergo any sort of surgeries or procedures that weren't mandatory in terms of, you know, maintaining some form of health
2: right and well they're not mandatory they're elective I mean I know a lot of people that have gone through those listen my dad had his um, cheeks uh, my dad's had his eyes and cheeks done I
0: mm-hmm.
2: I don't agree I age how I age my, my hair goes grey it goes grey my fucking eyesight starts going it goes I don't give a shit to be honest with you I'm just gonna let it fucking happen I know it's gonna happen let it fucking happen but and you know, my dad, when he got his uh, cheeks done, he was trying to get rid of his jowls, like I have. Um, and they did it. And literally, one day after, my dad tries to. He, he gets up. He starts showering. He notices he's having trouble breathing. After a little bit, he realized that he's literally choking. On something. He was choking on his own blood. They had to slit his throat in a spot to get him to breathe again. Yes. And they and they literally told him, We have no time to give you anything. And my dad said, I don't care. (laughs) They seventy year old man, by the way. Let me just put that out there. Seventy-year-old man. And said, Fuck it, cut it. (laughs) <laughs> like, like Rocky. Get it, Mick. Cut it. <laughs> I mean, just. But, I mean, a, a lot of things can go. And you know what? I've never heard that Joan Rivers. I didn't ever want to listen to that. She was amazing to me. She was such a. Just a. Just a, a, a leftover from her time. Not give a fuck. You know, just didn't care what everyone else thought of her person. And, um, I never listened to that, that, that audio.
1: I, I never wanted to, but it was, it was one of those situations where I was watching the news cause it was during the summertime and there was some weather that was supposed to be through. So I was trying to see what the, what was going on there. And then it just came on immediately afterwards. And it was just like, oof, that was huh. unfortunate. I, I rather would have not heard that.
2: Yeah. Never opted to listen to it, but, um, Always oh, bring up the roast of her. Oh my god, dude. They're, they're, they're so, such great, and she was amazing. I am mean, listen, she was in Spaceballs, uh, excellent movie, one of my favorites, actually. Um. Oh, Weeb's good line. Kenny Rogers gambled with plastic surgery. Hmm. You got to know mm-hmm. when to hold them, and know when to fold them. You do. You do. Sure. Know when to walk away. No, no one to when run. run. Smart, you never count your money.
1: Mm-hmm, but the chips are on the table.
2: Never. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done, sir.
1: It's to live by.
2: You got to know when. All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know how many times. Well, you up. know,
1: I mean, islands <laughs> on the stream. That's that's what we are.
2: <laughs> no one in between. How can we be wrong? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Sail right. away with me. To another world. All right, anyway. Um <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I'm the one that's been drinking. Have you?
1: Okay. <laughs> I die. That's just my MO anyway. You already know this.
2: <laughs> okay, we
1: uh we definitely sailed off to another world there. <laughs> <laughs> we thank you for tuning into the musical episode of our show. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly exactly but uh all right um anyway back, like i said charlotte i can see understand being very upset with dave again just kind of over over talking um she was very she she took this personally she really did if you saw her a couple of posts like i said but Melcher's just seems to be really 2021 is not Melcher's year, is all I'm gonna say. And it's only <laughs> fucking April.
1: I I do like the idea of him like having her number and him just like communicating with her from just time to time. Just like, so what are you doing?
2: <laughs> so about this other time you're taking off. What surgery are you getting now? And look, like I've said, I've made fun of her getting her surgeries and leveling up her tits and this and that, but we're just a stupid opinion show. Dave Meltzer is a different show. Dave Meltzer is a different person. He's been around for a very long time. And he is, you know, smart, like you said, he's kind of... Dave Meltzer's kind of the guy when it comes to news. I mean, all these... We're the dirt sheet dudes. All these dirt sheets get their news from guess where?
1: Mm-hmm. From old Davey
2: Meltzer. Old Dave Meltzer. So, you know, it's he's kind of the the man's man in wrestling.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh you'd figure he'd learn by now, is all I'm saying. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, he would.
2: Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um we'll uh we'll move on from that right there. Now, Smark, you just sent me a, a little clip to play,
1: I believe. Yeah, yeah. so if you had watched SmackDown, or you just watched TV in general, I guess, there was quite a few commercials for the, uh, A&E has been doing a series of documentaries, I think they started last week, about WWE, or WWF wrestlers, and uh, this week, I think it's a Sunday that they do these, they're going to be doing one on Roddy Piper, and um, I guess this is like the intro to that documentary, Mm. But uh, it's a Vince decided to be Vince is the best way that I can put this because he's in a boardroom. It's a very unique looking tie. You can't necessarily appreciate that on an audio medium, but he has a very unique tie. He's in a boardroom full suit and he is talking on his phone and uh, he does so in a way that only people on television that are talking on a phone do. Well, this
2: tie is strange because smart. I remember us talking about this tie at one point. Mm-hmm. I do. Which means this was taped after a, a I believe a raw. Um, he's got a blue tie and the actual spot where you would tie it is orange. I love this, by the way.
1: Um, I it do. looks a little bit like a bobbit, Like if you remember those bobbit toys. A little it bit. It's a bit like that.
2: But basically you've got the the where the tie flows it's all blue and then right there where the and and he does have a windsor knot i do that's the knot i tie he he's got the windsor knot which is a different color i like it i do i uh i haven't seen one like that but uh if i did i would grab it meanwhile the audio though is the important part of this mark and uh let's Mm -hmm. do it
0: yeah i'm doing great how are you i'm just getting ready to do an interview about you a little warm down there, huh? You what? I, yeah, n- not anytime soon though. You're holding a place for me, it's right? Right next to you at the table. Huh? Great. No, I, you know, I'm just gonna talk about you. All good things, not to worry about it. Oh, great. Thanks, Roddy. Roddy's in heaven. Roddy's not in hell. Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you?
2: Okay
1: I I, First of all The truly great part is that They just they had no way of knowing That this was going to come out Today in lieu of everything Else that had been happening
2: I saw that Earlier today on Facebook And I gotta admit I did not like Listen to it I was uh I was slow today but I was doing some other Stuff for my my company Instead of uh The one I'm working for um but I didn't listen to that and all I can say is, oh my God. Um the fact that Vince, oh, you're saving the place for me. Really? Oh yeah. Vince, I'm sorry, but uh if you think you're going to heaven, I believe a lot of the people you employed, especially between the nineteen eighties and nineties, will say different.
1: Well, originally it was teased that he was not talking about heaven because he said it's hot down there. So in case you were wondering, yes, indeed, um, apparently Roddy Piper is roasting in hell, according to Vince McMahon, who, bearing the lead, everybody is getting offended about this, that he would imply such a thing. But nobody is really paying attention to the fact that it has now been revealed that Vince McMahon can communicate with the dead.
2: I mean, we knew that he did have a match against God. Smart. True. Smart. So, um, we knew that already, but, uh, wow. Um, interesting. And you know, what's more interesting? What's that? My parents, again, both, you know, 70 years old, were watching something on television and started, and I don't know what they were watching, but My dad started watching A Dark Side of the Ring. Interesting. And asking me about episodes and if I've seen them and this and that. And I'm like, where did you see this? Now, they're out in East Texas. They have DirecTV. So I don't know where he watched it, but somewhere on DirecTV, you can find old episodes of Dark side of the ring. My dad found him and was asking me about him, um, about Owen Hart. Uh, he knew about the Benoit thing. Um, mm-hmm. It was just very strange, though. It was very, very strange. Very strange. Um, now,
1: is your dad like, does he have any sort of affinity? For wrestling, I, I would kind of guess by some context clues that he wasn't like a fan, a regular fan. But.
2: Um, actually, my dad is who got me into wrestling, is who brought me to my first match. My dad knew a lot of guys in wrestling. My dad knew Nikita Koloff, my dad knew mm. Dusty Rhodes. Um, my dad had a company that he was a sales manager for more than a sales manager, kind of a, a branch manager for at the time, um, that was in North Carolina. One was in Raleigh. One was in Charlotte. Hmm. Charlotte, obviously a big territory back then. One of the guys he knew was named Chris Garvey. Chris Garvey was a very good salesman, made a lot of money. Back then, packaging was a different business. I'm just going to leave it at that. It was a different business. Um, these guys were making almost a hundred thousand a month. Hmm. So Chris Garvey lived in a very lavish neighborhood and a more than, more than one wrestler lived on his street. Nikita Koloff was one dusty Rhodes was another. So they lived very close and my dad knew these guys, which I did not know until I was much older. When I went to my first show with my dad, but, uh, I just kind of, it was something my dad introduced me to that obviously it stuck with me for a very long time. Um, and, uh, that's kind of how I got into wrestling was my dad watching it and taking me to matches. Again, I, again, Raleigh, North Carolina was another big territory spot uh, so just North Carolina in itself was a territory, so I kind of consider myself lucky for growing up where I did, because, uh, okay. my dad got to take me to some matches, and back then, ringside seats were $25, which, you know, back in the 80s, 25 bucks was probably like 125 now, so it was, uh... It was fun, but finding out things that happened during some of the wrestling shows and the fact that my dad knew some of the wrestlers made a lot of sense after, after a long time. But uh, yeah, my dad was a big wrestling fan, but just kind of didn't... After I kind of got older, he didn't really concentrate on it. He, it's like he let me, almost. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That was a long story for a, for a, a short question.
1: Yeah, no, I like it. It was actually a pretty good story. Thank
2: you. Thank you. But uh so Mark, why don't you go ahead and get into your last little Chelsea Green story here? Then we'll get into Mickey James and man that's uh that's pretty much the story of the week, which we have a lot to kinda tie into that right there.
1: Uh, indeed. Yeah, there there is a lot, yeah. a lot there. Um, okay, so again, Wrestling Inc. is sort of a common theme here, but uh, you know, Wrestling Inc., so, as you said, this is about Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green was among numerous WWE releases that came out last week, despite reportedly just signing an extension in March. While Green did make a sporadic appearances on NXT and was even rumored for a main roster spot before an injury sidelined her, she never really had a storyline opportunity during her time with World Wrestling Entertainment. Speaking with Chris Van Vliet on on Insight, Green noted that her release did feel weird at first, but she's already preparing for her next step. At first, I was kind of emotionless, and I got confused. My way of handling that has always been to go into overdrive with what's next, Green said. That's always the way my brain has worked with everything, so even when I became the Impact Champion literally that night, what's next, what am I going to do next? I've always been that way, but it's kind of not been a good thing for me also. Do feel like it's been good for me <clears throat> try that again. I do feel like it's been good for me this time around. It's been good. I've just focused on what is next. How am I going to get my name out there? What do I need to do to kickstart my career back into the wrestling world and everything? I feel really good now. It's crazy. It's only been a couple of days, but it feels normal now. Outside of the ring, Green is engaged to Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder, who was among the many talents cut this time last year. According to Green, her fiancé has been integral to helping her make sense of everything. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, see, move forward a little bit here. Uh. Mm -hmm. Hmm. There's not
2: much more to it, to be honest with you. It's just at one point she's like, I'm not that girl in the bikini. I'm a completely different person. But, um, you know, a lot of the release talents, Mark, that's uh, especially the women are kind of rebranding themselves ready to make. I mean, even Peyton Royce is now Cassie Lee rebranding herself, trying to get out there. She even put it a, up, a, a, like applied for a trademark. Peyton Royce did. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that there's places for these not only women, but everyone that was released to go. I'm not just singling out the women. I'm hoping there's going to be a place for them to go. Um, We're slowly getting out of the pandemic mentality, Mark. uh, That, you know, things can't keep moving and keep going and shows are starting, you know, obviously we've been talking about shows. Um, Even indie shows, though, are starting to come back now. So hopefully... There's a lot of places these girls can go. Um, I guess they should have just let them use their pool.
1: <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> the, the, sort of the, the, the point that I was at, I, I, I had gotten lost there, but the, the reason why I brought this up was actually because um, it's saying here without employment at the moment, Green now needs a – Green card. Ah, Ah. In order to continue living in the United States, which she says she's already talking to Cardona about. Quote When I was released a lot of people were like, Hey, you're okay, you're a good hustler. But I'm like, Yeah, but I'm Canadian, which I mean, okay. I have to get a visa and a green card. I have to figure out a way to live here. Green said I was released on Thursday night and on Friday morning, Matt is on his way to Wisconsin ill, I texted him saying, we need to get married, so you need to think about when this is happening. So, sort of accelerated the deadline there in terms of uh, when this wedding is going to end up happening. Well,
2: I mean, listen, it's not like he's marrying her just to stay in the country. Um,
1: you know, and and
2: it, it, it's pretty, listen, I'm, it's pretty shitty that she, I honestly, number one, I didn't know she was Canadian. I didn't know she came down from Canada on a uh, on a work visa so I had no clue
1: mm-hmm. I didn't either actually to be fair I mean I I really wasn't all that well versed with her career on the Independence, and I saw a couple of her matches but I wasn't really that familiar with her when she got signed in the first place so I I didn't know that either
2: it's just amazing how these Canadians blend in I'll tell you Uh mm.
1: <laughs> That that's the thing is that you're Canadian. You, you can't tell that they're Canadians.
2: I know. I, I'm obviously like unless you hear
1: them speak. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do that thing they used to do back in the day, where it's like, "Well, oh, the thing about gay people." A
2: boot. No, the thing a boot. A boot. Hmm. Uh,
1: but I, I'm
2: obviously joking. <laughs> they
1: could be any one of us.
2: I'm joking, obviously. Please, no, that was a fucking joke. Um. But yeah, I, I, I didn't know she was Canadian. I didn't know she was here on a work visa, but, um, listen, if, uh, if they end up getting married a little early, like I said, it's not like they haven't been together for a while and he's just marrying her for that reason. So I don't know. I guess all we can do is follow the story and keep going spark.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, to be fair, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's not just so that you could stay in the country. I think he, uh, in my opinion, he's maximized his potential here. So you might as well go ahead and just lock it on in. You don't want to hit the bar again. You don't want to risk having some whammies.
2: No, lock it down. Lock it down. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I would lock it down if I could. So, All right. I guess from here we get into the main thing. Um, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, on this little subject is a little... I'm a little torn, but uh, let's try to talk it out here a little bit. Um, Mickey Jane, oh excuse me, Mickey James, uh, shared a little Instagram post. Uh, WWE, obviously, we know she was released by them. They sent her her stuff, and when they sent it to her, it was in a garbage bag in a box. Smart. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not up in arms like, holy fuck, this is the most disrespectful thing you could do to someone. I'm not. But, let me shove that in there. This is a very very Profitable company. You would think. They would have a little more. Class. Tacked? Tact. Class. Um, something. That they wouldn't just ship you your shit. In a garbage bag. With a little green. Tag that says. Mickey. On it. Um, and you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, this is just a picture. She did take a video of this on her Instagram. I could play it if you want me to. I don't think it's a very long video. Let me see here. How long is this? Let me see. It's, it, I mean, it's seven seconds. I'm, I'm not going to play this. I'm not going to play a fucking seven second video for you guys. I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to play that. um, But she did put out a video. Now, again... Am I up in arms? No. But... Their clothes... Could you not have just... I mean, the garbage bag is kind of... Why do you have to do that? But... This also, Smark... Has... Kind of caused a... Chain reaction if you will, of people mm. complaining that they've got their stuff the same way. Maria Canellis is uh, kind of forefront in this, saying she got her stuff the same way. Um, and Maria is also saying that Vince McMahon needs to step down because of this.
1: Um, Good luck
2: with that. Vince McMahon needs to step down because of a fucking garbage bag. Uh, I think our priorities in this world are fucked up, but now smart, just let's say you were a, a wrestler and got your stuff back. And again, I know they're not going to let her back in the building to get it, but in a garbage bag, in a box, Mm -hmm. Would how would you feel? Just, just. Just let it out, Smart. Just,
1: just
2: let it happen. <laughs> let it go.
1: Let it happen. Just, just let it go. I tell you what, I've been up and down these roads. <laughs> sweating and bleeding for this damn company. I fucking twisted my ankle in Tupelo, Mississippi. Nobody goes to a goddamn house show in Tupelo, Mississippi, and for what? Um... <laughs> You want to be the role play? That's what you get. Um. Anyways, <laughs> I, I would be insulted. I mean, me as a person finds it a little bit amusing because that's like just seems like a super like passive aggressive like dicky type move where it's like, ah, oh, this is what we think of you. Here's your shit in a trash bag. But like, if I was a wrestler there, I would be offended, especially if I was somebody you know like Mickey James who had been there for. I mean, not you know from. Not consecutively, but she has been with the company for like better half of a decade. You right. know, right, 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 right. in terms of just her overall stint, you know, combined. But um you know, sort of helped popularize the sort of modern wrestling, women's wrestling that we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the matches that she had with like Trish and Lita and all of that, you know, that kind of stuff. She was one of the more legitimate people at that time. So for somebody who has a sort of tenure and longevity as her, I'd feel a little bit insulted that they were like, Here's your shit in a garbage bag yeah
2: here's your trash you know here's your trash in a trash bag um now this like i said this kind of lit a fuse if you will um stephanie was uh compelled to comment after this um mm-hmm. and by the way mickey's tweet was uh dear at Vince McMahon, I'm not sure if you're aware. I did receive my at WWE care package today. Thank you, always blessed and grateful. And that's where she just put the garbage bag right there. So that was her tweet. Um, Stephanie, like I said, was compelled to jump into this and put, "I am embarrassed." You or anyone else would be treated this way. I apologize personally and on behalf of WWE. The person responsible is no longer with our company. Um, Triple H kind of basically said the same thing in a different way. Um, So, you know, I mean, on the heels of all the other firings, this was kind of like another reason for them to fire people but I would say (laughs) go ahead to
1: the heart of the matter. Yes.
2: The, the, not only Mickey jams, receiving her stuff in a garbage bag was the biggest news. The biggest news is the fact that they have fired Mark Carano for this is the, is the ins it's what being insinuated is that he was fired for this. Um, If you've ever seen Total Divas, Total Bellas, you've seen Mark Carano on that show. He's always backstage. He's the head of talent relations. And has been for a very long time. But also, suddenly, there's a lot of complaints about him. Online. From people who waited till he got fired to make the complaints. Um, But it's just... Wow this this really seems like they were looking for an excuse to get rid of him. And now, Smark, I don't think he was the one sitting there packing boxes and going, "Hey, call Uline and get me a box and a bag." Mm-hmm. But I do think he may have been part of who you know was in charge of doing what they did. It just—I uh, mean, again, this guy was really high up there in the company. Again, he's been there a long time. He has a lot to do with who get who gets signed, who doesn't, and who gets a push and who doesn't. Um, but uh, looks like they were looking for an excuse to get rid of him. That's my opinion. What do you think?
1: Well, and I mean, just a matter of. First off, I will say, I was sitting there Thursday, like Thursday night, thinking to myself, you know, at this point, we, this time last week, all those releases had happened, and like the whole sort of wrestling world was in a frenzy. And I was like, man, kind of an uneventful week this week, huh? Like, we, we don't, we're not going to have anything like that to talk about this week. And then I go on Twitter, like, soon thereafter, and I'm like, oh, well, we've got a show. Boy, oh boy, do we have a show! Um, so you had sent me an article here from Wrestling Inc. to sort of elaborate on what you were talking about, and it was there was a big shakeup that had been occurring the last couple of days. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, not related to, to directly related to what had happened, but in the article, this is from this is on the twenty second, so presumably a little bit before, actually yeah, before Carano had gotten fired. So it was. Uh, it says on a related note, Mark Crono remains with WWE in Talent Relations Department, but apparently is no longer working as a senior director. There had been speculation on this status after Laurinaitis took back over as the head of Talent Relations in early March a job he previously held several years ago. So the long and short of that is that he had already been demoted. So it like it seemed more like a well, this isn't a big deal anymore. Like we're looking for a scapegoat. And here is your scapegoat. Like, the thing is that, and I I see people that are sort of celebrating that this, you know, the big bad, the Wicked Witch of the West has perished. But has it really like I can't I I don't feel like you 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 raised the question is this really him that was the one that was sending it or was he just like telling some fucking intern to do it right which is a good question Uh, the other question is like he wasn't do you really think that he was sort of acting on his own sort of free will this was like just his rogue actions or is this sort of just the way that they treat people is that sort of the environment that they've fostered over the years that? Just of treating people like garbage. Like time and time and time again, have we talked about just various ways that they have fucked talent over, and they've sort of just had a very lackadaisical way of caring about the people that work for them? You know, any number of things you could we could reach back to and talk about. You know, the the fucking plane ride getting back from Saudi Arabia where they got stranded. The fucking Mm -hmm. all the Twitch issues that they've had, and all these other things they have for a very long time been pretty shitty to a lot of their employees. So I don't think getting rid of one person who may or may not have been responsible for this is really going to do much of anything.
2: No, I don't think so either. But again, like you mentioned, there was a, a little bit of a shakeup. They did get rid of more employees. Um, Mead Rust, who's been with the company for a very long time. Um, Uh, Not a very long, I'm I'm sorry. Mead Russ has only been with him for two years. Um, He was one of them. He was the vice president of communications. Joe Villa has been with them for 22 years. And he was the manager of publicity and corporate communications. So once again, they're just kind of almost looks like they're just kind of Trying to reshape their cover-up. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say that, but you know your 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 publicity and corporate. Oh, look, you could have kept this from getting out. Blah blah blah. That's why we're going to get rid of you. It looks these optics are not good. And smart optics is a word you use a lot. And the optics on this sending Mickey James her stuff in a garbage bag. Is awful. It's awful. It just, you know, this this company has never been exactly a, a a highbrow company business or whatever it is. No matter what billion dollar you know things they get, it's still wrestling. But to prove that people that call you shitty and still carny just to prove them correct, which is kind of what this is doing in this day and age, just doesn't look good. Right. Right. Again, man, I mean, like I said, optics, or like you've always said, the optics of this are just shit from from giving mickey james her stuff to the release of these two people
1: and like Freedy. and the other Freedy, thing that, ma- that makes it look bad is the people that were chiming in on this too were allegedly zach Ryder had said that chelsea got one of these bags too uh, maria was saying she got one of these bags i just uh, gail kim was kind of saying that too mm-hmm. Um, that, and then Karana was kind of a piece of shit to her and like, it's sort of, there's all, there's a very common theme here where the only non-female that had ever really said anything about having a bad experience with Karana was, uh, I forget who he was at the time, but Fred, Fred Roiser or whatever his name is now, who used to be Darren Young said that he... Was very sort of unprofessional with him, and he sort of lorded over the idea of you know him losing his job numerous times as sort of a threat. So I mean, it, it seems kind of interesting that this is specifically how they treat certain women, or just women in general, I guess. That, right. that leaves potentially all kinds of you know backlashes that they could face for that. And it's like, you know, you just know just based on the way that the product ha- was or has been for a very long time that women's wrestling was never really at the forefront for them until just recently. Right. And there's a lot of women that they sort of just kind of very honestly and openly treated like shit. So it's like you're you're digging up some potential, some skeletons with, you know, the way that this ended up playing yeah, yeah. out. Yeah,
2: and uh, Fred Rosser, um, formerly Darren Young, made a few more insinuations that basically the guy was I mean, I I believe he said he was kind of making gay jokes and stuff towards him, too. So I think we're going to find out a little more about Carano as things go. It's amazing that once someone is gone, that's when you've got the uh, cojones to start talking shit about them. But ain't that every job? Mm -hmm. every job the guy that just got fired you blame shit on him for what is it two weeks about two weeks mark
1: yeah pretty much
2: yeah yeah about two weeks you start blaming shit on these people so that's that's just how most jobs go but um Let's, oh, Weebs. Oh, Weebs. Mark Toronto. <laughs> I, no gaze off, right, Darren? Instead of no days off, no gaze off. I get it, you son of a bitch. That can, that <laughs> can, no, brass. that's not the name of the show. Don't even say it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I was, I was going to call him a, a rascal, a rapscallion. I think son of a bitch is a bit much. It's a bit flagrant. This is yeah, a lighthearted yeah, yeah. game. <laughs> light-hearted yeah, 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 game yeah.
2: You know what? Um, we are, though, going to end on a hey. lighthearted note. Mark, go ahead.
1: <laughs> you were the one that decided to read it, by the way. So this is on you too. Everybody, everybody has dirt on their hands on this. I will say real quick here, though, while we're talking about you know, it was like a shakeup, because you had been reading that, uh, or that they it's been reported that there was a bunch of other heads of talent relations and different departments that have been sort of fired or shuffled about. Very interesting, like, what what do you think about the fact that this Nick Khan is basically starting to kind of shuffle his own people in? And it seems like he's actually actively taking a role in leading this company and not just being somebody that's there for Vince to yell at and point fingers at.
2: Seems like this guy's got Vince's number.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, we're already seeing, um, you know, it had come out this week that... Before he took the job with WWE, he was an agent for Adnan Virk, mm-hmm. who is now the Raw commentator. And that we saw on SmackDown today, Megan Moran is the new backstage correspondent. So he is getting these people... With these, you know, backgrounds in sports, it's sort of his people in these positions, and this is, it's very interesting to see that, like, somebody actually is starting to make these kind of big moves, shuffling executives, getting new on-air talent involved.
0: Where it's like, there's
1: actually somebody with a direction that seems like they have they have some clout, and they're not just being there to sit in a boardroom and get yelled at. Because for the longest time, anytime we would see. Somebody be hired on as an executive for them and just be like, well, what's the point? <laughs> like, they're not going to have any pool. They're not going to have any save. Vince runs everything. Well, it right. seems like the reins are, no pun intended, maybe pun intended, we'll see, are being loosened a bit.
2: Yeah, a little bit. Looks like he's listening to someone. Um, listen, eventually someone's got to get the guy's ear. Looks like this guy might be the one to do it. Um, we'll, I mean, it, there's changes going on. Are the changes going to be good? We just need to wait and see. And you're right, we did see a new uh I I I thought she was new Megan Morant. Um good, good, but uh we'll just have to wait and see what what happens, but it definitely looks like this guy's got his ear and his attention, which uh is a good thing I think. But we'll uh we'll see. Um To end on a good note, though, Smark, we know Snoop Dogg is uh, involved in wrestling. We know Matthew McConaughey has shown some interest in wrestling. Wouldn't you want to just hear those two guys riding in a car together and chilling?
1: But of course, if only there was a way to hear such.
2: Well, there is. All I have to do is hit play. Here we go. (laughs) <laughs> mm.
1: oh. On the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again <laughs> You want to rock with me right now? Come on Hero all night And do what? And party every day
0: you wanna sing a Snoop tune with us? Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Piece, at you. it you. it like, like it's hot. Sit down, and
2: Alright, alright, alright. Snoop Dogg and Matthew McConaughey just hanging out together just makes me smile. They go from fucking country music to listening to Willie Nelson to goddamn, to listen to Snoop himself and we even got it alright, alright, alright at the end of it. Goddamn, that made me happy, Smark.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. As we've said, it's three people who can't pass the piss test. There's, there's, there's some serious wellness policy violations going on there, but it seems like they're having a really good time.
2: They are. And uh, I don't know why. I just I just I saw that clip and I'm like, I'm going to play that sometime on the show. I actually had it for Wednesday, but uh, I skipped it and uh, I decided to go ahead and play it tonight. So um, and you know what? You did that's, a little bit of levity. There you go. And that's really that's all. I think that's all we got, man. I got nothing else. What about you?
1: Yeah, no, not really. Um, birthdays. It's apparently Britt Baker's birthday and John Cena's birthday. So good for them. I think Cena's 44 now?
2: Well, I know. I see people suddenly clamoring for him to get back in the ring, and I'm like, who are you people? You exist?
1: Are you I, I will say, honestly, though, I will say that, like, for anybody that's been in that Hulk Hogan role of just, like, the white meat baby face that gets pushed to the moon, of all the Hulk Hogans, he was probably the best Hulk Hogan.
2: All right, if you say so.
1: He he had some good matches. I mean, like, they relentlessly shoved him down our throat, but he had some good matches. And
2: I see a lot of people like, I can't let that god-awful Bray Wyatt cinematic match be his last. And I'm like, why not? It literally would be the perfect match to be his last, or if you want to call it a match, whatever you want to call it he Bray Wyatt literally went through his whole career, every evolution of John Cena, so that's actually kind of a good punctuation you know punctuation mark to the to the to the Cena legacy
0: <laughs>
2: if you ask me, I don't know, I'm just a simple dude who drinks a lot and smokes weed.
1: That's the thing, though, is, like, (laughs) just real quick to touch on that, is if you have him come back, who do you have this, like, theoretical last hurrah with? Because, like, do you really want Orton versus Cena for the eighth billionth time? Goldberg. Oh, dear. (laughs) Poor Cena getting fucking concussed by Goldberg.
2: (sighs) You know, I'm not 100% sure I wouldn't want to see that.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, oh boy, yeah, well, you well know, you know, worked know, out great for Brett. But.
2: Now that you said that, um I'm I'm just thinking that 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 anyway, um you know what, Smart, let's just go ahead and end the show before we, we just completely go off the off the rails, if you will. Um I think it's time to uh rock and roll all night and party every day. So <laughs> Um, all right, let's go ahead and get the old, uh, take your drunken ass home. Luckily I am home and I ain't got to drive nowhere. But anyway, we did not do this at the beginning. It just didn't feel right. Um, and, uh, real quick as, uh, I believe it was, uh, was it, uh, Sasha Baron Corbin who just said, uh, for, uh, Mongo, you, uh, Weeble said, uh, Dominic Weeble said prayers for Mongo. I agree. I definitely want to. Say that. I mean, like I said, we talked about ALS in, in detail and um, definitely prayers for him and his family. And uh, once again, I hate that they're watching him go through this, but we are going to end on a high note with the high marks. That's right, Cheese Man Mojo and G Wiz. Definitely check those guys out. Where are you going to check them out? Mixler.com slash Metal Mitt Network. Mitt that's right 2t's in mit mixer.com so that's metalmint network where oh i'm sorry when 8:30 p.m. eastern time sunday nights that's when you want to check those guys out it's been a long night and you guys always want to definitely Subscribe to the Inhumans over there on the Inhuman Experience. Bobby Anthem and Bobby Blades. Check them out over there. All the usual podcast platforms. Subscribe. Binge listen. You will not be disappointed. And, of course, the Everything Unscripted Podcast. Definitely check those guys out over there. Eric, Doug, Daniel. Find them over there on all the usual podcast platforms. Blog, talk radio also. And Stephen Milan. Definitely go over there and check him on dot letterboxd.com slash Stephen Milan. Double the L's when you spell Milan. He's over there reviewing films. Over 8,000 films reviewed. Go check him out. And you can always check us out on Spreaker, Stitcher, Anchor, YouTube, Spotify, iHeart, Google, TuneIn, Player FM, Smart Letter
1: that's right. Monday is eight thirty on the Metal Mid Podcast Network on the Middle mixling machine. Want going to go ahead and listen to Cheese on Sports with the Cheese Man, the Cheese Master. It's got the Nfl draft coming up in. Just under a week, you got Masvidal versus Usman this weekend in mm-hmm. UFC, so there's a lot of stuff for them to get into, and you're going to want to hear about it. What you're also going to want to do is start your Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Eastern with the Dirk City Machine Guns, MoJo and Dirk, and last but never least, be sure to check out our friends at Planet tour. It's Planet Rag on tour podcast with Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave, sincere, and Yuck Nasty. All sixteen episodes are available for your listening pleasure. So be sure to subscribe so that you'll be prepared for season two.
2: There you go. Tickle your ears and tickle your rears. Listen to all the shows we just mentioned. Oh yeah! All right. On that note, we will be back Wednesday night. We're going to be talking NXT. We're going to be talking AEW. Little, 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 little bit of Raw, as least as possible. And uh, and um, you know,
1: coincidentally, since you said it, I believe that Bobby is capable of both tickling your ear and your rear at the same time. I do He's believe so. He's a gifted so. man, from what I'm told.
2: Just sit on the speaker like Howard Stern. Um, mm-hmm. there you go. Just let Bobby do the work from there. But, uh, <laughs> all right. And, uh, ooh, Sasha Baron Corbin with the last note. I hate raw way to go Sasha Baron Corbin. That's why we're going to talk little about raw every time now from now on. We're just not going to, again, you're 48 hours removed from it. No one needs to hear what we need to say about it. You've heard it. You don't care. We don't care. So why the hell are we going to even bother anyway? On that note, I appreciate the chat room joining us, of course. I appreciate the downloaders. I appreciate everyone. I appreciate Smart over there. And Smark, Wednesday night, we're back soon.